Welcome to the Resan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 92. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And I'm David Brackenbury. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be looking back on 2021, discussing our plans for 2022, reviewing December's Taze Songs Challenge and setting a brand new challenge for January. Happy New Year, boys! Happy New Year! How's these these last few days of lockdown been for you? (laughs) 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 We're... We're recording this uh, a few days before Christmas because we want to have Christmas holidays. I'm anticipating that when this comes out, we'll all be talking about lockdown and what it's been like and how we're going to homeschool our children for the next few weeks and so on. Next any, few years. Any plans for homeschooling? I'm going to put my kids on the 12-song challenge and say that that's their, um, that's their music education. Fantastic. Now, this is the British takeover. We briefly handed things to Americans who, let's face it, were far too good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um, we need to quickly claim back control, although I've heard um, talks about wars of independence and revolutions and other such things. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Um, David, thanks so much for joining us. David, original forum dad. Yay. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to be here. Why don't we have um, one or two minutes of reflections on 2021, just in general as a year? It could be personal. It could be... Um, songwriting type reflections anything you want to anything that stands out to you sam from 2021 i'm i'm yeah i'm over 2021 um but the 12 song challenge was great um i was thinking about the hero songs i really loved the way that that just took off all of the um yeah people just got totally inspired by you know by their favorite artists and all the kind of restrictions of what is a worship song kind of fell away and people ended up writing really creative stuff um i loved the co-writes month yeah and just generally i don't know whether it was that that kicked it off or just the spirit of the 12 song challenge but we've just seen so much collaboration in the last year and whether that's people writing together or sort of chipping in with things or helping out with each other's recordings jumping on with harmonies or instrumental parts or i just I'm really I'm thrilled about the level of collaboration. Um and yeah, um and and the other one, the one I was thinking about was the Jubilate challenge which I think was really different because yeah. we've never had a challenge before that has been like literally you just set a, a, a text that already exists. Um but I th- again I thought that that just produced some brilliant brilliant work. Cool. What about you David? Yeah, um I would echo some of those same months really in terms of what it's brought out I, I would have said exactly the same thing in terms of the collaboration it, it did feel like that co-writes did really unlock people's willingness to to step out and offer uh, right through from as Sam said actual proper kind of co-writes to um, people adding a cello part or a piano part or some vocals there's been loads of examples of people doing group vocals I benefited from that earlier in the year um, I mean <laughs> I said at the time where else can you just go out on a on a quick Facebook group and get all these really really quality talented people um, I guess for me one of the highlights in terms of songwriting stuff was the retreat and finally being able to get back up to Wydale um, in June 
And as and as adapted as that was, it really didn't um, change the experience. In fact, the concert night was probably more magical than than usual in the courtyard with the lights strung yeah. up. So, um, I reflected quite a lot on the impact of songwriting through through the whole kind of COVID process. That one of the things I think people have experienced is just a loss of that kind of creative output, whatever that is. And being established in a group like this has just given um, each of us so much to be able to kind of lean into when when most of the rest of life has been stripped away so yeah it's mm. been it's been fantastic not just through um 2021 but um 2020 prior to that and will continue to be amazing through the challenges of 2022 no doubt unfortunately no doubt at all um one two highlights for me i loved the christmas concert that was um really yeah. wonderful i think that's obviously going to be a bit of a fixture i think we will put a Chris, not a christmas a final concert in at the end of March as well. So a kind of last hurrah for us all to gather and share some stuff. And I will be talking more in the next couple of months on how we're going to do the um, the songbook for the finishes as well, which I think is going to be a really cool thing. Um, I, one of my highlights was interviewing Andrew Peterson. Mm. Really enjoyed that. Lovely guy to talk to. I found what he had to say really interesting. And, um, and also actually inter- interviewing Ryan Flanagan and then eventually him coming to stay over the weekend while we had the, uh, <laughs> the Christmas concert as well. It was super fun. Um, the other thing I thought was... Um, are we, Keiko must have played cello on just about everybody's song by now. I mean, it, it, we, we could have a challenge month, month, which is write a song without Keiko on cello. <laughs> We could see. It's just just incredible. So I think, you know, well, that that is a highlight for me. I also think maybe we need to crowdfund and employ Keiko part-time as the um, part-time 12-song challenge cellist. Cellist. That's quite hard to say. 12-song challenge cellist. Um, But yeah, so I'm very thankful for Keiko and for all the other um, people who contribute and help and and all the other stuff. Yeah, I should have said as well, another of my highlights has been the... uh, the United Adoration uh, Saturday retreat that I went to. Yes. Uh, which those guys are amazing. I know we, we've mentioned them before, but, you know, putting on those retreats every month um, and just the amount of creativity that goes on, sparking, encouraging, and, and actually getting to see people on Zoom. Um, so I loved the one that I went to. And thank you massively to Elise and Rachel and all the guys that help out with that. Wow. Our resident stat man is in the house with us, so we thought we'd make the most of this opportunity and get the full force of his statistical powers unleashed upon an unsuspecting public. David, Statman Statenberry, what have you got for us? So I'm really not sure how this has come about, um, other than the fact that I'm wanting another personalised mug um, at the <laughs> retreat next year that references the stats. Um, so, yeah, I thought it might be useful. We've got some stats for this month, but I'll keep you waiting for those. Um, I thought it might be useful for those who've lived in a cave for the last few months and haven't seen this growing um, juggernaut that is um, the stats thread growing <laughs> Just to bring you up to speed with with what we've looked at. Um, and the first thing, which you can find on Facebook, is we started to look at what month people were posting songs because we know that the final day frenzy is always um, by far the most prolific. Um, so I looked at um, three months in particular, um, which were, I think from memory, May, August and November. Um, and I would say on those months, probably 20% to 25% of all the songs in the entire month were posted on that final day. Mm. Um and interestingly, 
of those three months, there was just one single day, which I think was something like the 5th of August, where not one song was posted. So across those entire three months, there was a new song, at least one new song every single day, except for one day. Um, the only reason I looked at three months is because Andy Clark looked at my figures for one month and said, I wonder what it would look like. And of course, I'd already thought that question, but realized it would be far too much of an administrative burden, but couldn't resist the urge for more than two hours to, to kind of dig into that. So, um, so yeah, clearly, Final Day Frenzy, if you are um, planning to submit on that day, you are one of about 20% of the challenges to do so. Um, we did some stats the other month about Sam's. And I've tried to link that back in because this month's stat is around what passages or what, um, yeah, what what scriptures inspired our submissions for this month. And um, probably not surprisingly, Psalms came out top of that comfortably. So 21 songs so far. We are recording this um, three quarters of the way through the month, so there will still be plenty to come in. But um, 21 songs, by far the most um, popular book that people have been drawing their um, Teze songs from. Um, second is the unfortunate category of um, none of the above. So this isn't kind of from any Bible passages. It might be from the, the book Quran. of Common Prayer or from kind of a meditation or from something that is kind of connected with a life of faith, but isn't actually inspired by scripture. And then three, four, five, uh, Isaiah, where there were six songs from Isaiah so far, five songs coming from Mark, and four songs coming from Philippians. Oh. So um, that's where we look like. And then I also, for the sake of completion, of decided to go back to the Psalm stats from the other month with the new ones that were submitted to see if any of the songs this month had picked up on uncovered Psalms. From, um, and we did, we managed to get about another five or six Psalms covered. So we've now covered in total 50 Nine percent of the Psalms hey. from the Sam Challenge and from this month's Teze Challenge. Um, so yeah, so those those are the stats that I've done. So when do we post? Um, what Psalms did we cover? And what were the inspirations for our Teze songs this month? And I might retire now no. for twenty twenty two. I love this. This is like listening to Test Match Special and Andy Zaltzman, who must be your hero, David, because he's the most famous popular stats man in the country these days, also presenter of the news quiz or whatever else he does. Um, and he just, at random points during play, just pipes up with the most wonderful stats. And he's got this real penchant for very obscure statistical things. Basically, in cricket, every single match, some kind of record is broken. It's the first time something has happened. Um, so... I, I think we expect more of this. I, I have a challenge for you, David, if I may. Go on then. Because so, somebody did ask this. What is the optimum day to post your song in order to get yeah, the most feedback? The most comments, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I think that, I think that would be a really tough question to answer because... Um, yeah, the, the, I, oh, it's going to get really geeky now. Yeah, I think, then there are far too many variables to, to answer that. But I, I will, I, yeah, we'll, we can see what we can generate. I did try one of those random stats, and you laughed at it when Andy Clark shared it, last, or when you shared it when Andy was on. I, I thought the stat of how many uncovered Sams in a row was quite an interesting, pointless one. I think it was. I think it was really good. I think this is going to be a fixture. Has no significance. Even even if, even if you don't appear every time, we need something from you every month. I think David, that just to, just to keep us going, giving us our fix of Stattenbury stats. Our challenge for December, as set by our American cousins, was to write Tizzy songs. Tizzy, 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 Tizzy. 
um, Tays. Tays. To write ni- to write Tays songs, <laughs> uh, which are repetitive <laughs> and nice. Uh, before we jump into the songs and so on, we had there were a few uh, discussions and things on Facebook and on the Slack group and so on. Um, cool to see. Uh, I mean, people really seem to enjoy listening to one another's songs, and I think that was a, a really nice thing. Lovely little post from Christine Wells who said, I went to the dentist for a filling today and ended up with part one of a three-part root canal process. I, like many others, find the dentist quite anxiety-inducing. What got me through today was singing my Taze song over and over in my head. Quite versatile, the old Taze, says Christy. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it is fantastic. But we also had quite a discussion kick off um, around um, the sort of level of production on people's songs and demos. And we've had this sort of conversation before, but it's worth re- revisiting every now and again. Because it can be, at the same time, inspiring and disquieting uh, depending on who you are and and how it makes you feel some of us come across a really polished thing and think wow it's fantastic others think um i don't know what to say in that case you've clearly finished the song and others think others are blinded by the the glory of the production and and don't mention anything about the song and and, and so on so there's general kind of discussion around this i'm kind of interested to know what your um your two thoughts are maybe sam what would you say to us about how produced should we make our recordings and and what kind of rules might we apply in figuring out what to do um yeah um, i feel like there is a fair point about um presenting something quite simply to begin with a because of that sense of like people can then feel that they have the ability to 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 critique it and also you as the writer then don't feel like it's so finished um and also to slightly to encourage those people who don't have a lot of recording stuff or you know but having said all of that i do understand as well that for some people this is just part of their process and so I wouldn't want to hold people back if, you know, actually for them layering stuff down. And the reality is actually for some people, a simple demo with just their voice and a guitar actually suits their skill level, you know, because actually they've got a decent voice or they can play the guitar well. For some people, actually physically getting the notes in on a piano is is hard. So they end up producing something because that helps them communicate. Mm. So. I just don't want to be too dogmatic about it. I, I get all the arguments for simplicity, but I just I I don't think any of us on the team are critiquing anyone who's you know putting something more produced on the forum. Yeah, I think it's it has been interesting to see it kind of surface again as a as a discussion, um, and I think it probably takes us back to some of the earlier responses we had in terms of how do we um, how do we maybe give a clue to the other participants on the challenge about what we're looking for in terms of feedback. So. I have um, really been blown away by some of the production quality and that's inspired me to try and do a little bit more by way of production um, mm-hmm. just because I've seen what's possible with people that aren't working with multi, um, multi-award winning producers but are ultimately doing stuff in their in their rooms, in their houses in lockdown. Um, so it's, it's definitely been great for me to push me on but I still try and have my initial submission as just a an instrument and a, and a voice because I think... That for me on other people's songs makes it feel a lot easier to to start to come in and and contribute, because uh, to produce it to the level well I would never get to that level that some people manage, and my 
assumption is to do it, it, it takes quite a lot of time and you then don't want somebody coming in and saying, oh, line, line three doesn't quite scan yeah. as, as well as I'd want mm. it to or or where does that theme go? Um, so I think it's a combination of not just the production but what people are hoping for from the from the forum. So yeah, I think like Sam said, I I love to listen to the creativity. I guess I've I've taken production as almost another instrument. So I, I play piano yeah. and I don't really play guitar very well. But some people play piano, guitar, cello and the computers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what they can do with the production for me is just like them using another voice, uh, a harmony, uh, another instrument into the mix. Um, and I don't think any of us would be um, kind of having some of the same questions if we were just saying that that introduced a, a trumpet or something. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's how I try and view it really. Yeah. I think I, generally speaking, I'd agree. We're often quite keen in this. Apart from we put sometimes quite strict limits on um, on the, the challenges themselves and things like you've got to write a new song each month, which is the basic point of the challenge. Other than that, we tend to try and hold these things quite lightly. And I do like the way our community sort of regulates itself. Mm. Um, it's a very encouraging place. People are warm, encouraging people genuinely take delight in each other's work from the most accomplished through to the absolute beginners. And, and I think it's mm. quite unique in that respect. Um, but, and it always has a, a slight way of regulating because these questions come up and the conversations are had and then we all feel a bit a bit better at the end of it. And so I, I think that is really good. I know from my experience, one thing I've done a few times this time round is to set up a groove just to try and inspire me into writing something. So I have a little, I just go into my software and I click on, a, double click on a, on a hip hop beat and I just let mm. it play. And then I try singing along with it. And then I find a new melody, a different sound. So that sometimes it's actually a tool that production thing is a tool to get you somewhere in the same way that sometimes in a in a studio if you're doing things if you if you watch a lot of kind of online songwriting videos of famous people in studios they're developing sounds and grooves and feels as much as they're developing melodies and lyrics and so where does a song start it can be in several different places but i also agree with that thing that if i hear something that is completely you know some it feels finished i'm sort of reluctant to pitch in on it so i would say to people what what do you want from from feedback mm. you know pitch your pitch mm. what you present in that way because you know bear in mind that some people may not give super helpful feedback if they don't feel like there's anything they can offer and it mm. is worth saying as well i think because of the nature of this community just be mindful of each other and be mindful if you know and you'll know if you're a super top production producer and you can make everything sound amazing you, you probably know that and you can consider you know, how can I how can I make sure I'm not um, making other putting other people off or um, you know causing anxiety or anything like that and, and that's just the way we do things in life in, in family and community isn't it we, we're always aware of those things I don't want to shine so brightly that I make other people feel um, mm. like they're not adequate but at the same time I want to use my gifts to help other people um, to help people aspire and so on I think I feel like we we've got a pretty good balance Mm. and yeah, probably so. if you're sitting there feeling very untechnical i bet there's some aspect about your musicality that other people are in awe of mm. so if you if you don't do recording on a computer very well you may well do sight reading really well or you know you may understand harmony really well so actually you know just allow your gifts to shine no you know nobody's judging your level of technicality and you've probably got you know something else that you're bringing to the mix um, which we value. Let's jump in then on the December 
Today's a challenge. Uh, David, what have you got for us? Um, so just some kind of general reflections first of how people seem to have approached the, the forum. Um, I was going to pick up on, on Christine's story. It's just lovely that in just something as everyday as the dentist, it was her song that kind of came back to her. But the number of people who've commented that they've started to listen to the songs and, and just found themselves caught up in a moment of worship and yeah. almost not wanted to critique, not wanted to... Um, kind of bring anything and maybe that's about the time of year that for many of you it's it's kind of busy with kind of church stuff and having that space just to be ministered to has been really important um i think a few people have said wouldn't it be great if we could just get this on a playlist that we could just listen to on loop um just really yeah a soundtrack for people's days i think has been really special probably more than any any other challenge really yeah um, and there is something very stilling and very quieting about um thinking of a particular passage or a particular idea and just um meditating on that and, and repeating that so i think that's kind of one of my reflections of, of what this challenge has brought that um is kind of new and different um and there's just been so many as we always say so so many good examples that we could pick out for the podcast um my hope is they're a little bit shorter so we might get through a few more but i think even my shortlist needs to be whittled down even further <laughs> So um, the first one I've picked out um, is by Rob Nightingale and his song's called We Bring You Praise. And I just found this was a really simple, accessible melody supported by a stripped back guitar that just served the song really well. And then the last repetition had some um, variety coming in. What I think I've really enjoyed about um, the challenge was was really kind of brought home in that, that just that chance to linger and remain in a few words or a few verses, not needing to push on and apply them, not needing to wrap another couple of verses round to let that nugget find somewhere to sit. And for me, this song from Rob does just that. It allows space to reflect not only on who God is, so he, uh, the one who was and is and is to come, but what our response to God is, and that is we bring in praise. And this song gives us exactly the chance to do that. To him who was and is and is to great isn't it mm, really nice good discussion on the forum as well around just developing it lots of good suggestions trying to make mm. a little bit of room to take a breath isn't it that's, that's yeah. the key thing yeah yeah but it's lovely it's a lot of circularity to it. mm. so um next one um uh, yeah matt weeks who um continues to just submit great song after great song and some of them do need to be profiled on the, on the podcast. Um, for me, it was just really nice to see what he's actually capable of when he, when he shakes free of his regular resound co-writer and um, <laughs> it's it set loose to be 
to be on his own. Um, you would think he was a world-class producer or something with, with this song from the very first bar, just the depth of the harmonies. You can immediately imagine it filling any cathedral, any monastery, but also any small group of people who gather together. Um, some of the bass notes in his vocals are just so powerful um, and reminded me of that kind of pentatonic sound in terms of um, those really tight, really rich harmonies. So this is uh, Matt Weeks inspired by Joshua. Uh, chapter 1, verse 9, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, God is here. Do not be dismayed, O my soul, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid, God is do not be dismayed, O my soul, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid, God is here. Do not be dismayed. That G major is absolutely cracking, isn't it? What's the name for that scale? Is it something scale? It's a mode. Scaly scale scale. Is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I don't know what any of the modes are called. Didn't you learn this in your degree, Sam? Yeah, but then I forgot it all. For playing it was a long time ago. Playing super cool groovy solos on the guitar. Yeah, but it's good, isn't it? And I, I love the way that he uses that, and then it, but then it's G minor later on. Yeah, all you know around a D minor. It's gorgeous, really gorgeous. Yeah, and then we've got um, Helen Pollard. Um, Helen picked a passage that a few people have picked actually this month. Um, so her song is based on "Lord, I Believe, Help My Unbelief." Um, the intro just has a really beautiful, timeless quality, and then the first melody line starts, and it just grabbed my attention straight from the off. Um, then additional parts join the song and but bring and build to a really still restful reflective and worshipful quality um absolutely bang on on brief for me for this month this is helen pollard lord i believe That sounds like a neatly packaged, um, pre-made and delivered Teze song, doesn't it? Yeah. I think she might have. St- yep. I think she might have stolen it, don't you? Doesn't it sound like she's stolen it from Father Jacques or whatever his name is? <laughs> like when you used to buy your essays off eBay. Yeah, exactly like that. Yes. I was just imagining yeah. it like around um, a creed. So you could say a oh. chunk of a creed, and then you could say that, like you know, this is what we believe, but uh, at the same time, mm. help my unbelief and say a bit more. Be fun, wouldn't it? That is very you, 
Very clever. I like it. Like it's challenging. <laughs> Those two things don't often come together. No, no, I know. That's never very happened before. Very me and very clever. But it's like that is, if somebody said to me, someone suggested this, I'd say, oh, it was Sam. It's really <laughs> clever. Because it's jarring, isn't it? That, that It's sort of, mm. it's a jarring idea, um, but it would make you really dig into each thing you say going, how much of it, to what extent do I believe it? Watch, mm. you know, you'd almost, we could get David on some stats, 60% belief, 40% <laughs> unbelief. Uh, let's carry on. Um, I mean, linking in with that theme, the next one I've, I've um, picked out is James Martin, um, help or Lord um, in every situation. So he's given some thought as to um, not just delivering the song, but how he might use that. Um, and one of his thoughts around that is that the, the refrain that the song contains might be used by a group of people to share some of those things that they're going through. And then this is the response that comes out of it. So I think picking up on that, that idea of, of Sam. Um, yeah, I, I could imagine it being a, a really powerful song to use in that context, anchored into the experience of a God who, who helps and a God who has the power to calm the storm, uh, but being invited right into the middle of the storms that we're going through. So I think it's a really honest, authentic, vulnerable prayer, you know, which is beautiful to listen to. James Martin, help me a lot. Help, oh Lord, in every situation, won't you help, oh Lord, when I forget to ask you, please help, oh Lord, for you alone command the storms to Bomb is our next song that we're going to listen to, um, which did rhyme, which wasn't the intention. So her song is based on Psalm 42, My Soul Thirsts for the Living God. I can think of no better way to spend 48 seconds than listening to this. Um, I've been on the songwriting retreat with Irene a couple of times, and I've come to expect just really effective, easy to pick up um, and catchy melodies. Um, and this is this is no different. It's a lovely um, song with a lovely little hummed outro. Again, I can imagine this punctuating a prayer time, a worship time, a response time with chance to collectively join together around the words of Psalm 42. So Irene Bomb, my soul thirsts for the living God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Come Lord, fill my longing. Living God, come fill my soul. So thirst for the living God, come, Lord, fill my lungs. 
Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, it's very Irene, isn't it? And there's almost like a little signature yeah. melody, a little pentatonic. Do, 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 do. Um, really mm. lovely because it's one of the things that gives her songwriting such character is that there, there's a there's a shape to her melodies that's quite consistent, um, but really lovely. Yeah, it's kind of like a musical fingerprint, isn't yeah. it? It's, um, yeah. Um, and I guess there are people listening to the podcast who aren't actually an active part of the songwriting challenge. And um, hopefully from the ones we've listened to so far, you, you've seen what we've experienced as a group this month. Mm. That there are just so many songs that you can kind of nestle into in terms of in terms of worship uh, so this one might be a little trickier because it's not written um in english um but um it's a song by michael winter um, called maranatha and um it's written in welsh but it's simply too good not to include if you are listening on a dab radio the translation will appear on your screen <laughs> it won't really if you do want the translation it is available on slack um michael has shared that with us there's something really magical for me always about hearing people sing um, in a different language to, to one that I understand. Yeah. It always feels quite special. Um, but the whole arrangement of this song feels like it creates in you the sense of longing that is entirely linked in with the, with the cry of the song. So although I did not understand the words um, and although I kind of looked at the words after I'd heard the song, the, the feeling that Michael wanted to kind of engender in the people listening to it just comes through the musical arrangement. Um, full on where Welsh male voice choir, I think, would do absolutely a <laughs> stunning job of this, um, as Michael has done himself. A proper pin drop moment, I think, if they were to perform this. Just stunning. So, Michael Winter, Maranatha. Maranatha, Tir Diesi, Rutin Dod, Dunning Credi, Gatini Barodi de verbendi em breneni maranatha tir diesi rutindor dan incredi catini vor For those of you who can't actually see the video, Joel did have his cigarette lighter out there and was swaying it from side to side. I think it was um, triggering your love of all things Eurovision. <laughs> What's <laughs> a Eurovision? No, in terms of songs, I just oh, um, a, yeah, it does you kind bit, of actually. wonder what the um, what Why the don't we do a Welsh is, but... entry from Eurovision? Come on, that would win it, surely. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got somebody who I'll be suggesting to um, submit a song for that yeah, to whoever, competition. Whoever organises Eurovision, if you know whoever organises Eurovision, can you drop us a line because David wants to get in touch with them. 
Yes. Come on, let's keep going. This um, is good. So let's just have a couple more. Yeah, so um, one that I, I really do want us to listen to is, again, another one from Sam, um, and this is Sam 16, um, I Keep the Lord by Crystal Mayer. Um, just a really personal connection to this song that Crystal shared in the story. Um, Crystal describes how her uncle has a rare neurological disease which has led to complete paralysis, but still an incredibly sharp mind. He he used to be a pastor, and so he still sends out sermons to family and friends on a regular basis. And the most recent devotion that he'd sent was based on this verse in this psalm, um, and it landed as the challenge was set, so Crystal wanted to um, use that as her song this month. Just a really haunting, easy-to-pick-up melody, um, which just sits over a single chord, Really effective as the different vocal layers build up. Uh, so this is Crystal Mayer, I Keep the Lord. I keep the Lord always before me Because he is at my right hand I keep the Keep the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I keep the I mistakenly said sitting over just one chord. I, of course, meant one bass note. <laughs> one chord. I now understand Joel's shocked expression <laughs> that we could possibly have a song that was based on just one chord. So, um, yes, apologies to the music purists there for that slight slip-up. <laughs> and then the final one that we're going to get a chance to listen to today. But do, do, just, um, even if you're not planning to comment, go back onto the thread and just listen to yeah. a whole chunk of songs at random just to hear what people have done. And I, and I can guarantee you will be um, blessed by that. But the final one is coming from Dan Jasmer. Um, and this is a prayer um, for a child picking up on some words from Proverbs uh, Rachel Wilhelm had uh, vocals to the final version. And what I liked about this, there was a really nice, tight little group of people who inputted onto the thread on this song. Mm -hmm. And the changes from the initial draft to the actual final version weren't massive, uh, but it was clearly shaped by um, those contributions. Uh, when I was looking through for songs to profile this month, I found I had a draft response to you, Dan. So sorry that I never <laughs> posted that on your thread. It was clearly half written. Um, Dan thought about it maybe being able to be used at a baptism or similar. And for me, it definitely feels like the kind of thing you could consider singing over your children at, at bedtime as they head off to sleep. So this is um, Dan Jasmer. Mm -hmm. 
listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake mother's wisdom to you. They are garlands of grace that will cover your head and a chain to adorn you in all that you do. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake mother's wisdom to you. They are garlands of grace that will cover your head and a chain to adorn you in all that you do. Yeah, yeah, really good. That's lovely because it's like a um, a little sort of teaching meditation, isn't it? Which is different to, to some of the others. So I really like that. Yeah, and in terms of subliminal messages to give to your kids, wonderful, wonderful messages <laughs> content in there. Use it all in the lockdown of 2022, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I check in a couple of others? Uh, we won't listen to them. But I, re- I really liked Ken Spencer's song this time, which we call he called the Ballytaze song, kind of Irish pub song yeah. meets Taze. I thought it really worked, and it's great. Oh, I love Dave Forry's song as well this time. But yeah, I mean, we could just go on name. We basically end up naming everybody. Um, Absolutely, who's involved, wouldn't we? Which defeats the object of picking some out, but shows our great love, enthusiasm, and general amazement at the the quality of the stuff that people are writing. David, do you have a star of the month for us? Star, 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 star of the month. Oh, it's so exciting to be able to speak after that jingle. <laughs> um, I've had a look through and both based on this month, but also the general um, contribution to, to previous months. This month's Star of the Month is John Stammers. Yeah, um, He has been, yeah, he's been fantastic again this month, um, both through comments to uh, that suggest some developments and questions that he wants clarifying. That's going to kind of refine the song a bit more and encouragement to give. So great effort, John. Thank you for all that you do on the forum. I just looked what? up how to say. I just looked up how to say um, congratulations to Welsh, and if it says "longy, longy, farky now," but I suspect it's not pronounced like that. I think "l l" is "longu Hang on, "longy farky longy so that's for you, John. We did our absolute best. <laughs> 12 challenge. It's time to set a new challenge for January. This is our first challenge of 2022. If you are not, not really participating in this year's challenge, but you listen to these podcasts nonetheless, then why wouldn't you? Um, do join in anyway. Um, write your stuff. Um, this is an exciting one. This is an unusual one. It's going to be a bit testing, I think, for some of us but I'm kind of excited to see what comes out of it. The challenge for this month is to write multi-part songs. What do you mean by multi-part songs, Joel? Well, what I don't mean is uh, songs arranged into harmony. So uh, what I don't mean is a sort of a like a, a hymn tune or something like that that's, um, that's arranged in four-part harmony. 
Um, but I will try and explain what I do mean. Essentially, it's about trying to write some songs that have different parts going on in the singing, without all of which the song wouldn't quite feel complete. Um, and I will give a whole bunch of examples. But first of all, just try and explain why. And for me, it's a little bit of a hobby horse of mine, I think, um, that when I read uh, the New Testament and I read Paul's critique of worship in 1 Corinthians, so much of it is about how the special people do the special stuff and everyone else has to just kind of sit around and, and listen. Um, and then there's a bit of kind of chaos because they won't, but they won't make space for anybody else to get involved. And it's all surrounded by this talk of the body, the different gifts in the body, the different things that we bring to contribute. And all of that discussion in, that, that Paul does, you know, through um, 1 Corinthians sort of, what is it, 11 through to about 14, is all in this context of talking about worship and, and the gathering. <clears throat> and it's made me think about the way that we sing and even the style of the songs that we write. Um, yeah, great. We, we have maybe different instruments and different players and maybe we have a leader. And then we basically have everyone else doing exactly the same thing, singing exactly the same part for the whole thing. And what it makes me wonder is, well, what if you took that that different gifts, different body parts, different shapes and sizes, and you applied that into the into the songwriting itself? And he said, I'm going to write different parts for different people or different kinds of people. Now, you could go, I suppose you could take that to incredible extremes. But that's the kind of thinking. So this month, rather than write a song which we all sing together in unison, or even when we all sing together in harmony, one where we bring in different parts and when they come together, they make the song. So the most obvious form of that might be the kind of layered song so for example um sam's song jesus lead us to the father jesus lead us to the father by your spirit help us draw near um what's the next line sam as, as we come with all yeah so then that line sits melody. on top of the other one it's a different words it's a different melody it's a different rhythm but they basically layer and then there's a third layer Hallelujah. and these three things they sit together and make a layer um matt weeks's song from last year there is hope there is hope again that's kind of layers that are going on together and when you layer them together you create the whole or i remember when i was a sort of teenager late teens there was that song great is he do you remember that one Great mm -hmm. is he who's the king of and the hallelujah do 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 and so these different parts that stacked in layers and you kind of you might work through them in order then people are going grab different ones so that's one one form of of that kind of song and I think a few people did that with their psalms a couple of months ago as well didn't they kind of layered things so another way you could do it which we've seen a bit in songs is the idea of the call and response or the antiphonal so it could be. Um, you know, one side sings something, the other side sings something else, or the men sing something, women sing something, whatever it might be. Um, examples, I mean, again, when I was growing up, um, Graham Kendrick's, I will build my church, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, and the gates of hell will not prevail, shall not prevail. Did that one, did that one do the rounds? Is that a Stone Cold yeah. classic? Yeah, Definitely was in the UK. Definitely in the UK. Yeah, definitely in the UK. <laughs> um, more recently, Andrew Peterson's, Is He Worthy? Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you've got a kind of a question and an answer, call and response. So that's way, one way of doing something. So you've got these different parts happening. Um, or I, I quite like, do you remember Eternal and B.B. Wynan did the song 
I want to be the only one to hold you, protect you from the rain. I want to be the only one, the only one. So you've got these two parts played off against each other. Um, it's a sort of call and response. One of them is a bit like a kind of brass stab, but they're actually singing there. And they, they complete the lyric together. So it's two complementary parts, one and then followed by the other one. And I remember... Are you suggesting that was God singing to his children? I think it was roughly... Yeah, I think that was it. I think not all of my examples are from the world of worship. And I think that's because we haven't tried them all in the context Mm. of of the worshipping world. And my theory is, if we have a go at this and we do it well, it could be transformative for what it means Mm. to corporately worship as a body. Corporate means the body, for body worship. Um, So, that's an example. And then I think another another way of approaching, like the, the sort of the catechism, the, the the catechism is a form of teaching, isn't it, where, where you ask questions and you get answers. Mm. And they, th- that could be a way of writing a song, which is questions and answers. Um, Cat Stevens did that, didn't he, with um, Father and Son, which is yeah. a kind of father says something and the son says something. There's a kind of response in there. Did you hear the version of that where he, as an old man re-recorded the father vo- the vocal and the the son vocal is is him singing as a young man it's amazing because oh. he's duetting with himself as a younger man it's just amazing that does sound amazing i've heard i've heard alan jones duetting with himself on the snowman i don't know if it's as good <laughs> um <laughs> Another example of, of different parts is um, is the descant. So that's quite a familiar one, which we hear, you know, we've heard it over the last month or so in this Christmas carols. You know, when you go carol singing and you've got no instruments, but there's always someone insists on singing the descant to hark the herald angels sing or something, mm. <laughs> hitting the high notes. But a descant is, is sort of a much higher line. It's a kind of counter melody, a different, different line that runs over the top. Um, and... The most recent example of this I can think of is Stuart Town in Psalm 23, The Lord's My Shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. And there's this, and I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. I will trust. And it's deliberately set higher. It's a higher yeah. thing that, that runs across the top. So it's a kind of counter melody, but it runs across the top. Can you think of any other descants in, in songs? I mean, it's really fascinating, isn't it, that this basically isn't being done. Yeah. Like people just write the one line and then maybe there's backing vocals or maybe there's, you know, ad libs or, but there's, I, I can't think of within modern worship CCM type of, of people writing two just well, more than one distinct vocal part. So this is, you know, this is a whole world that we're un- un- yeah. unearthing here. Mm. Um, Okay, here's another uh, another variant on it. You might be able to think of other variants, so I'm just kind of chucking out ideas because mm. I've been thinking about this. And this is the kind of the ref- the, the rap refrain and rap thing, which is virtually <laughs> the same as cantor and congregation in a cathedral. Yeah. So whether you're sort of doing hip hop or you're in the cathedral, it, it's a similar idea that you've got a re- refrain that that the choir repeats or the congregation repeats, and in between there's a kind of freestyling, either mm. by the by, with rap or melody or in a cathedral it's the cantor which is is a kind of it's a it's a slightly kind of melodic speaking that, that's often mm. done um, or and it would happen in gospel as well how you'd have you'd have a sort of refrain and then you'd have a soloist doing yes, a more complicated exactly so there's a kind bits. of there's a complicated middle 
and there's an accessible thing that we all keep coming back to. Um, mm. I think um, Eminem's song Stand, which has the Dido chorus, something about, I woke up, but couldn't have some tea. I wanted a cup of tea. Teas, if you listen to words of that, it's just about having why. a cup of tea. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then it's, hey, this is Stan, I'm writing because you didn't write back to me. And so on. you've got this juxtaposition. Um, I remember being at something in the early noughties where Tim Hughes, one of his songs from his When Silence Falls, maybe it was When Tears Fall or something, and then there was a guy doing a rap in between some of the verses. And it just brought this yeah, other think, dimension into it. Which song was it? I think there are, um, I think there's a Chris Tomlin song where Lecrae does a, a rap section in the middle. Yeah. Um, it, I was it, thinking as well, there's, there's another way of doing this, which is where the, the sort of congregation part provides sort of bed or a pad you yeah. can have maybe a harmony vocal thing that the congregation is singing and it's a, maybe a slower moving thing and then the melody comes over the top so i remember um i can't remember the name of it or how it goes but there's a as an iona thing where john bell would get you singing in three-part harmony and you you'd sort of hum this three-part harmony chords yeah and then he'd sing over the top of that and then that would become the chorus but all the way through you were supporting him and I, I was watching an Esperanza Spalding. Does anyone know her, the the bass player? She's been doing these slightly off-the-wall things called the Songwrites Apothecary. And she has this... She has one where she has the two sides of the audience singing um, something about rain, and they're singing that, and then she's playing over the top of it. So the, so the congregation is providing a sort of the chord pad underneath mm-hmm. the... That's the sort of way you could do it. I love it. I love that idea. It's be it's Send saying to that. here we all are. How can we make this song together and breaking mm. out some of the boundaries of well, what we've got to do is all sing this tune. Um, you know, who's the band? Yeah. How about we're all the band? I mean, yeah. and that's a it's just a different way of thinking about it, isn't it? I, I've had that similar experience to John Bell, and I love the way John Bell he just sort of walks into a room with you, sort of half smiles, starts singing, waves his hands, and before you know it, you, you're all singing in harmony. Yeah. It's just yeah. happening. And you, how does, I don't even I don't remember this starting, but I'm in it. What what happened? There's an incredible gift. Um, yeah, or it, or it could be a very formal style. So it could be a very you know you deliberately go to like a really choral section, but then you've got this more um, um, what's the word? More plain song type section or something. You know, this the, the style thing is kind of wide open. But this idea of these things. Um, there's also a, a thing where you kind of have counter melodies which kind of intersect with each other and, and play off. But they're kind of both. They're both the the main thing rather than one is kind of responding to the other or one is the the main melody and one is something else. So I was trying to think of examples of that. Um, so, because it was about Christmas, I was thinking of baby is cold outside. I really must do it. You've got these two little stories going alongside each other, and it's it's really quite clever the way they're telling the story. And then occasionally they just start to overlap and intersect with each other a little bit. But it's kind of the song, the song isn't complete without all of those things happening. It's not like one of them mm. is important and the other one isn't. It it doesn't work without without them all happening together. Or also um, the little drummer boy. So you know when. Um, <laughs> David Bowie goes and knocks on the door, says, Hi, are you the are you the Oh I can't do a David Bowie. Um are you, the, are you the new he's sort of 
Midlands, isn't he, somewhere? And you, West Midlands? He's got the weirdest accent. Are you the new butler here? And um, Bing Crosby says, oh, well, I, do you like the old songs? And he says, oh, yeah, I like the old stuff, like John Lennon and other stuff. And, oh, yeah, you really listen to a lot. And, then, oh, and Anyway, this long conversation. But then they go on to sing Little Drummer Boy. And then you hit this bit where it's... Um, uh, Bing Crosby. Oh, they told us. Uh, Meanwhile, <laughs> who is he? David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> is singing "Peace on Earth." Da, da, da. Completely different sections, but they're yeah. designed to sing together. Mm. Um, and you know, when you have been in church, and it, you are singing something like. Um, Psalm 23, or singing All Heaven Declares or something, which has a little response counter melody. Forever you will be, forever you will be. Yeah. People grab it. The kind of the joy of saying, oh, I've got a part to sing in this. I'm going to go for it. The kind of joy yeah. of that, rather than the real danger with the with the big show, is I haven't got a part to sing in this because I can't, I can't mm. do it. Um, yeah. So... There's a- it's yeah, a slightly cheesy that. example and possibly even slightly kind of culturally iffy, but um, you can do, um, you know, the lion sleeps tonight. Yeah. You can do amazing grace to that tune. So you have a bunch of people going, a whim it, a whim it, oh, and a bunch of people going, amazing grace, how sweet. And then someone going, are we here? <laughs> and it's probably, it's probably not to be recommended, but the joy of that, sound yeah. coming together of those three parts kind of you know and it's super easy to do yeah but it actually it's you exactly what you're saying it feels great to be part of that kind of mishmash of voices yeah and that ladies and gentlemen is how sam hargreaves posted his song before the podcast went live. <laughs> he's done it um yeah but the that thing about Oh, it's probably really cheesy. That is one of the challenges here, isn't it? Because obviously there have been times in the church where it was quite the thing to have songs with different parts to each other and so on. And then you kind of move beyond them going, oh, that's a bit enough, isn't it? And let's do this. And let... But the problem is when you chuck them out, you chuck out something that is performing a really important function, which is mm. just increasing the breadth, increasing the diversity of roles and things that people are doing. And I know it's limited. You know, you can't have... Um, you know, just having two different things going on in a song is not fully addressing it, but it's at least saying it matters how we interact with each other when we worship. It matters that we are interacting with each other when we worship. Because if I yeah. want to worship God on my own, I can do that at home. So yeah. when we're together, finding ways that make the most of us being gathered, I think, I think are really good. Mm. Mm. So my final suggestion, and then I, I will leave it with the good folks to see what they come up with, is um, the idea of thinking about the different demographics in the room. I've really wanted to try and do this, and I've not yet had a chance, so I'd love it if some people took this on. Um, when we talk about all-age worship, we often say all-age, but what we mean is kind of kiddie, but adults don't mind. And quite often, teenagers won't join in. And that's roughly what we mean by all-age worship. And I've just got this idea of, I don't even know how to do it, but of trying to write a song where you say, 
if I've got some people who basically what they love is hymns, then somewhere in my song I'm going to have a section which is quite hymn-like, has quite steady melodies, which has that those kind of movements. And if I've got people who the kind of songs they like is really repetitive rhythmic motifs that don't say a lot but kind of bounce off them and so on, then and if I've got people can I build a song that has layers or sections or something where I'm trying to take into account different ages um, as an example of you could split this in all kinds of ways you know couldn't you it could be to do with vocal ranges it could be but, but what if it's just let's be really generalizing let's have um, older people like hymns younger people like R&B and middle people like 90s Britpop can I have sections that that borrow from that and somehow come together so everyone goes, oh, this is my bit, and I get it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Am I describing something crazy, or can you almost A little bit. It? A little bit. It reminds me a bit of, people may have done this, um, when, you, when, you, when you, if you've got a music group at church and you've got all sorts of different abilities, and so you go, right, I've got a xylophone player who's grade two, I've got a flautist who's grade six, I've got a pianist who doesn't read music. I've got an operatic, you know, baritone. You mm. have the, these slightly odd groups of people and you go, right, how am I going to arrange this song for these people? And you give everyone something appropriate. You know, someone's got something very repetitive. Someone's got something very chordy. Someone's got something very complex because they can actually read those notes. And you sort of, you. T what about if you sort of took your con your community and said, right, given who I have here, how mm. can I write a different part for different parts of the community that exists. Um, yeah, it'd be amazing. I love it. I, I, I love that thought because mm. I, I think that's the, oh, at the end of all this, the most important bit as well is that you say, okay, I'm going to kind of push the boundaries. I'm going to jump out of the box. I'm going to challenge some of the assumptions, but I've got to take people with me. So mm. in my context, what might this yeah. look like in a way yeah. that is actually going to make sense. But I do love to do that thing. You know, the, the, the the kind of close your eyes, imagine you're facing your congregation, you're looking at them mm. and you think, right, what am I going to write that is going to grab them all? How am I going to do this? Who am I who am I reaching for here? Who never joins in? Who, if I could just throw this part in, I might get them and they might be part mm. of it. Um, then it has a wonderful pastoral effect. I think it's just, a, if we do get some of these songs, like like we said, often Resound is looking to write into those gaps. Um, and and so this is going to be a really interesting month, but it might also help us to repurpose some of those songs that we couldn't think about differently and can think about in a communal aspect. So I regularly used to do Men of Faith, where I would get the women to sing to the men and the men to sing mm -hmm. to the women. Like we are in this together, and I'm going to look at you in there. I'm going to eyeball you as I sing this and say, Men of Faith, rise up and sing. Um, but actually, if we can then get a repertoire of songs where people feel, yeah, not just this is my my part, but yeah, this this is my this is me within this wider group of people, and and I belong, and and this is my act of worship. I think it would be, I think it would be phenomenal. I guess the 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 risk of of writing almost a section for each section of the church is it ends up attempting inclusion but risking kind of almost segregation that, yeah those are the lanes in which you can swim but how do we encourage people to to kind of bridge across that um and, and ultimately part of it is through exposure so you mentioned hip-hop and my heart sank <laughs> like uh, that, yeah it's never a, it's never a vibe i've gone for um but actually being immersed uh being exposed to that gives you a different way of of seeing things yeah and i think it's when you write something where when we all do our thing the whole 
is is so great mm, that it's yeah. great to all be doing our different thing within it. Um, that that's kind of the key. It's, I mean, it's difficult, I think. Mm. Sam, I was just going to ask technically if people have said you know that they struggle with multi-tracking or or something. Are there ways that people can because um, obviously you can only ever sing one thing yourself. Yeah. How can people kind of, um, and also they probably don't are not going to have much access to go and play with their worship team given how how things are at the moment. Just any any thoughts about how people can do this technically? Yeah, I suppose um, maybe let's let some of the technical limitations also introduce one or two limitations on how crazy we go because as soon as you say multiple parts, you could find yourself writing ten different things going on, and may, maybe you just got so carried away that you kind of lose the the point of it because you make yeah. it too difficult to ever do yeah. um so so that would be one thing it's just kind of exercises a certain amount of restraint um i think obviously what you if you're able to grab someone else in your house who can sing a part along with you great um if it's the sort of thing where it's call and response you might just have to do a call and response with yourself because all you're really trying to do is just convey it so that we get a flavor of what it's like if you're trying to write something that has layered parts i mean you could literally just do the different parts and then say hey those those all go together there, there are yeah. some things like there's the top line app isn't there which i know mm. a few people have mentioned um, which i understand is free so you're going to look mm. on the app store get top line from abbey road that allows you to record something. You can use your phone to record, and then you can sing another layer on top of it, or you can you can mm. add something. So that that sort of thing, I think, is what gives us the best chance of doing it. Got any suggestions? No, that's good. I mean, if if you're if you're a writer, I find as in a music, you know, reader writer, sometimes with these things, being able to put it in dots, either on MuseScore or on paper, just you can also sometimes see it. If if you can't, if that's not your thing, then don't you know, do it another way. But if, if, if the technical thing is complex, but actually writing it down would help then maybe that's a way around it. Yeah. Um, so I can already anticipate all the questions. Are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do that? The answer is probably just do it. Um, <laughs> see what you come up with. Just try the thing. I, I would say just try and avoid just writing a straight four part harmony or three part harmony yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, not because those aren't good. They are, but we're just going to try and push the envelope here and, and see what mm. we, we can do. Um, but don't be too intimidated. You you know, if, if you know, you, you could do the equivalent of your Taze song this time and then think of another completely different line that sings over the top of it and works. Mm. Great. That's mm. good enough. That's okay. Mm. Um, and other people might actually take on a full three verses and chorus and bridge, but it's the bridge where it splits. And that is also great. Mm. You know, don't feel like the whole song has to be a, a crazy chaotic interweaving of things it's just <laughs> find ways to put multiple parts into stuff let's have mm. a go let's let's see what happens and report back it's a challenge it doesn't matter if we don't do it very well and i think that that key word at the end is is what some people have picked up on over the last few months these are meant to be challenges it's not just a we'll we'll throw you a nice ball across the net for you to knock it back to us. They are meant to to test us. Just listening to you speak then, something that might be useful is as we set the challenge as almost to think of the people that we're looking out for in relation to that challenge and kind of seal envelope it and, and open it on the next podcast and listen to their song. So like Ian Edgson, for example, is going to be thinking this box that I'm breaking out of, <laughs> what even is a box? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, because this is just like Ian has to climb back into a box to try and do this one. He might meet us somewhere in the middle. 
Well, that's all we have for this month. So uh, enjoy the multi-part songs challenge um, and do get in touch with us. Post your songs on Slack. Um, jump in on the Facebook group with thoughts and questions and, and help each other out as usual. And I think we will finish with a multi-part song from the Razan Worship Catalogue, which we mentioned earlier, which is um, Sam's um, ancient classic, Jesus Lead Us to the Father. Here it is. Bye. 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 Bye.